0: A lot of cobwebs in your head. You're getting rusty, so you stay. You're feeling bad, and everything looks great and sad. You're getting worried, yes indeed. I know exactly what you need. A little sunshine will make you feel okay. Look give the blues a change Find a sunny place. Go and your face. Sunshine. Sunshine. Your bill. Throw away his you can cure your Hey everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Postmodern Gypsy podcast. I'm Jordan Poole and I'm a postmodern gypsy. And this is being recorded from my truck camper, Priscilla. Now, after I got to California, I uh, found my way to uh, a little problem. An accident occurred when my slide-in truck camper fell into a ravine. The fall caused damages that eventually led to the total loss of the camper. It was an event that changed my entire trip, maybe even my life. Los Angeles is a tad overwhelming to the mass that all that mashes there. So I'd made plans to get to a national park or National Wildlife Refuge, as a child, we had visited almost every national park worth visiting from Yellowstone to Zion. It was kind of a safe space American chain of the most awesome. Everyone's place to visit and stay, I thought. I found a little campground that was not far from Pasadena and close to suburban spots to find a reliable, you know, check-it-all-over service station. In these outlying communities of L.A., I found time and time again that no service station would change my oil and give it a good look over as Priscilla couldn't fit into their service base. Now, I am one to always try to make something work. So I thought, well, I'll just un, unhook Priscilla and go down and keep an appointment to get her service. I want to make sure my truck was in top shape for the rest of my trip. So I got on GPS and was following the directions to the campsite, up and up mountain roads, deep into the Los Angeles forests and, and mountains. Priscilla and I, she was a heavy lady to carry up those steep turn, winding turns, took each turn with care, and he was mindful of her importance as my home away from home for the remainder of the year. I approached the public campground with its nice cement pads and well-kept appearance. See, it was early in the week. It was either Monday or Tuesday, and I wasn't really all that concerned about not being anybody staying there. I thought, well, you know, it's got nice pads and such. I carefully dismounted her onto her system of three jacks. I made sure to anchor everything in place. I used cross straps in case it was going to get windy. <coughs> Patted everything down, locked away. Okay, I said to myself, time to get the truck service and Maybe I can get back and put her on, uh, on the truck before sundown. I told myself. I drove down the windy and steep serpentine highway, taking care at each and every turn. The view at that altitude and was just absolutely stunning. Once leaving the summit of the mountain ridges, the campground I was staying at was actually at a very high elevation and had its own canyons and gulches behind it. At the summit, I gained cell phone access again, using my GPS to get to the service center and keep the appointment I made. I thought it was all well planned. And as I was driving, after getting the truck serviced and getting everything I needed, all the filters were changed and all that. I was being so, so prepared. And I stopped off and got a little groceries. I didn't have the camper on the back, thought I could make some easy turns. Stopped and got myself a nice green tea cold drink. I felt so hipster and organic-minded. I just felt so Here as I may. Should I stop and check emails while I have service, I pondered. If I wouldn't have enough time to get the camper on the back, so that's well, it might be best just to get back up up to the campsite. So I continued on my journey. Up and up, turn by turn, I made it into the area of the wilderness where I detached Priscilla. The sun was coming down, starting to get dark. I arrived and turned into the campground. At first, my eyes. Seemed to be tired, or maybe I was just forget. Where's the damn camper? Where's Priscilla? Thought, as the cold, icy, sharply racing tentacles of eternal pushed. My heart raced in shock. My investment. My nest egg. My camper. My tiny house. My home. Blood was flowing through my veins and filled with horror as I... I saw that a camper was at the bottom of a gulch behind the campsite. My jack had failed. The wind had blown so heavy. The wind was just whipping through. No call would go out. I was there. I'd had very... I actually had just half a tank of gas. I wish I would actually filled up and tried not try to make it. There had to be so much on care. I was alone. A dark gulch. In a ravine. Behind a campsite in the Angeles National Forest, I felt very alone going to sleep that dark, still night. I awoke early that morning, a couple days later, I fixed myself some oatmeal and had some coffee. The coffee did little to no good. I had exhausted myself and all the work I had done for those two days or three days. I laid back down in my clothes that I put on for the day. The bed and the whole camper was tilted to one side. I had come to make sure my feet went downhill. I dozed off. Come up, with your hands up, said a voice from outside with official tone. It was not the wake-up call I was expecting. I came out and was asked, Why, sir, did you push your camper into the ravine? An impossible question. Why the hell would anybody think I'd push my camper to ravine? How could anything less than an act of God make my current predicament possible? Being held at gunpoint while having Priscilla down ravine was not an event that I had wanted or sought. My voice came out with a high pitch. Why the hell would I go and do a thing like that? I said with as much southern as a tone accent as could possibly come out. Do people push their campers down in deep ditches often? Because we don't do that in Georgia. I thought for a moment, I might just get shot. As I thought about the amount of hand gesture I had just unmindfully used. I have been trying for three days to flag down a ranger, any ranger. And y'all want to shoot me now? Just go ahead. Just shoot me. The law enforcement officer for the National Park Service lost his cool and began laughing at me. Apparently, my unintentional comedic timing was just too much. I took the laugh. It's his own apology. No wounds, no worries at this stage. I had driven the thousands of miles that were required to get me from shore to shore. And my truck needed servicing. I can think back and lay blame to this or that. But with all truth, the events that unfolded just happened. The term act of God is often used, but maybe it was just that. If God or the universe needed me to stop and think for a while, it sure found a way of coming at me at about the most removed I could have been from everything. Two unrelated events took place while I was in the process of purchasing another truck camper. Both events showed the good and the bad of encountering strangers in unfamiliar places. Good events always seemed to follow the bad ones. For a brief interlude of life and travel, I found myself priscilla I quickly discovered the back seat of my truck, good but not ideal for making it work but I was bound and determined to get a new bride for the back of my truck and finish my journey that I had set out for. I found odd jobs in L.A. and also in Palm Springs, creating two or three months of commuting and not having my percolated coffee when I first woke up. I also learned that when you have to pee first thing in the morning, make sure you undo the lock to your vehicle and the alarm doesn't go off. I found that out the hard way. I got real thrifty as I took on carpooling to save money. I downloaded this app on my phone to find reliable people. My mistake. Believing in a forest fellow named Rick, if that was his real name, when he said he'd pay for half the gas. I might as well have downloaded the app. Please punch me in the face. After departing Los Angeles, Rick and I were talking politely, and the middle-aged guy seemed cool. He seemed like a very tax savvy person, well-dressed. Seemed he asked what I asked him what he did as I was trying to make conversation. He said, "I work in the garment industry." Continuing on to try to make more conversation, interesting. I sell vintage clothes," said Rick. Oh, and he pulled a bottle of Everclear—you know, that ninety-nine percent alcohol stuff that's used in hunch punch. Yeah, Everclear out of his backpack. It was difficult to continue while glaring at the bottle of heavy duty booze. <laughs> he said what I thought he was gonna say. Mind if I have a drink? Um maybe not, I replied. It's um you know kind of legal to have an open container. It must have happened at the gas station, somewhere in between me filling up and going to the bathroom. And came out and he had a big gulp. <laughs> I would not have mind if he had just put a little splash in. Even a little light pour, I was willing to tolerate. It must have been more than just a little light octane in that cup. When we arrived at the exit to Palm Springs, he said, Hey, let me get you dinner. Uh, Okay, sure. That's kind of you. I replied, so I suggested Denny's. Come time for the check. And with a wasted Rick sitting there at the table and all the stuff in my truck, I found mine was to cover the whole check. Because Rick done befoozled me, and he got himself a free ride and meal. Getting back to the truck, I said, okay, you have three options. You can go to the train station, bus station, or an emergency room for a mental health checkup. Which of the three do you choose? I told the guy who at one time seemed quite lucid, possibly a sane, as he was going to have to get his shit and his stuff out of my vehicle. Thank goodness, and the threat started coming from the drunk, stupid little idiot. I pulled into a legal parking spot, right across from the Margaritaville Hotel, actually. Because no sooner than I put the truck in park than the damn Looney Tune reached over and grabbed the dang key from munition. He proceeded to run across the road. He tossed that key into the reflecting pond in front of the hotel. It was midnight and there was this grown-ass man running down the streets of Palm Springs, California, yelling to the night, Na-na-na-boo-boo, na-na-na-boo-boo. I think you're crazy. I quickly realized that having my windows rolled down without a key was going to be a problem. And as no good deed goes unpunished, and I also realized that anything after midnight was futile to try to deal with, so I called an Uber. And I was going to go stay with a friend. I called the hotel and explained what happened. I asked the security team if it'd be okay if I looked for the key in the morning. We both agreed that it was better than searching in the wee hours of the night with a flashlight. They appreciate me not disturbing guests. I want you to know, leaving Margaritaville Hotel. There was still a margarita to be had later on. Away again, margarita. Uh, out of the madness was redemption. As were discussions with the hotel staff the next morning, who couldn't have been kinder, gave me uh, an offer to work on some small projects at the hotel that needed attention. And there it was, my key, at the bottom of the reflecting pond in the light of day, giving a shiny reflection. One project that I was to work on for the hotel was to retrieve and resemble some furniture. Now, this would, of course, unfortunately have me to go back to L.A., but they would per diem my travel and come back and work on the furniture. But, as all things, when you know it, when I got to the shipping counter, I was to find that the boxes had not come in yet and there was some missing boxes that I would had to come back for in the morning. I just told the guy that um, I would save my gas money and uh, sleep in the back of my truck, so I was kindly offered directions to a driveway where I could stay by a nice guy who worked over shipping for the for the furniture store named Michael. took the directions and found myself at a neighborhood somewhere between Los Angeles and Riverside. Michael was a studious guy who had a house full of roommates. It was a medium-sized ranch house between L.A. and Riverside. His roommates were four other guys in their late 20s. Jeff had converted the garage into a bedroom. He drove for Lyft. Adam had his second bedroom filled with items to the brim from a house that he had just moved out of due to a breakup. Victor, Vick Vic, was a pianist, but he worked at a lighting store. Danny was a motorcycle repairman. He had a small, what looked to be a one-time closet with a cot. There was one bathroom. Michael needed some help putting up a fence post. It was right there and then that I earned my keep for the night because I was the right guy for this time. I had put up my fair share of fence posts in my life. I showed him how to draw a long string to keep the alignment of all the posts in line. We dug down... Set the post, showed how to pour concrete and, and then dirt, and then wet it to set. And I was kindly offered to use in the scheduled sh- usage of the shower of the house, or the scheduled use for the bathroom, which was very full. I was kindly offered to take a shower. I found myself a margarita being offered to me. I stepped outside with the rest of the house in a sort of patio area that was by the drive where I'd parked. How timely did it seem that to bring on another night of midnight madness? Conversations and talking kept going. It was an evening with an energy of young millennial happenstance. My truck stereo was perfect for playing music, and I sat out on my cooler and getting to know a house full of roommates, all pretty much close to my age, all pretty much as broke as me. A fraternal group of those who were barely keeping ends met and despite Beth's efforts. We dove into my collection of thrift store CDs that I had been collecting on the road. The enthusiasm the enthusiasm, and flashback to teen years we put the tracks to play with each time a flip of the clear plastic container. It was a night of nostalgic songs that played and memories shared. At about midnight, Hey Jude by The Beatles came on. A group of new friends sang and danced into the night with the words, Take a sad song and make it better. Nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> My week had taken a sad song and made it better. When traveling, you just never know who you're going to meet, how a bad moment or a sad song is going to be made better. Looking back, I needed that night. I needed that to get me through the next few weeks, finding jobs and working and working to get a new camper. I found the irony of the phrases either yelled or sung at midnight to be the most of interest in jargon. Was I going to give up? Nah. I- hey you don't make it bad. Take a sad song. It's to make it better. Why don't you take your tear up one by one before it gets too late? Hang them up out in the sun and they'll evaporate. When the troubles (laughs) sky pounding at your heart, (laughs) rub the injured part (laughs) with sunshine. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Postmodern Gypsy Podcast. This is Jordan Poole, the author of the book, Postmodern Gypsy. You can go and purchase the book at www.postmoderngypsy.com. And you can also order 28 copies for your friends, family, relations, and or just, you know, buy some books and put them out randomly in the street. Who knows, but just buy a book. Or, or don't. But it'd be good if you did. Anyway, I'll talk to you all later. Hope you're having a good one. We'll see you. Bye.